Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith, how the two come together and lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. Cause I'm just a nobody We're trying to tell everybody All about somebody Who saved my soul Ever since you rescued me You gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight You picked 12 outsiders Nobody would have chosen And you changed the world well, Welcome to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM The Fan I'm Mike McGivern again flying solo this week Hoping one day soon to get Pastor Ken Keltner From Brookside Baptist Church back in studio Let me tell you a little bit about today's show um, There was a guy a while back that uh, that worked here at Intercom by the name of Ryan Record, and Ryan's just a really good dude, and he's now at a station in St. Louis, and and uh, he had a chance to interview our guest, and and recommended that that maybe you know they come my way, and and let's talk about you know his faith, and and I, I said, man, of course, I, I I know all about Daniel Ponce de Leon, I just do, I I you know kept in contact, not in contact with him, but I watched only one time. Um, this one line drive that uh, that hit him, and it, it was hard for me to watch. And then I found out a little bit more about him and, and his faith and how strong it is and started reading parts of the book. And I talked to Daniel and he said, look, I don't know if I'm going to get through the part where it talks about your dad. And he said, no, I understand that. Other than him being a St. Louis Cardinal, he doesn't seem like a bad guy. Daniel Ponce de Leon, how you doing today? I'm doing good. <laughs> hey, man, you know, you're up here in Brewer, in Brewer country, and uh, it's a big week for everybody. You know, opening days all over the uh, all over the country. It's good to be back playing baseball. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, no worries, man. Uh, you, got, you got your hometown guys. You got to root for them. You have to. And I think uh, at least looking at what some of the experts, and that would not be me, but some of the experts think it's going to be one two in in that division with with the Cardinals and and the Brewers. Hey Daniel, let's start off and and throughout the show, you're going to hear me talk about this book that he has written, 
and he is the author. The name of the book is One Lion Drive, A Life-Threatening Injury and a Faith-Filled Comeback. And you guys know on Faith in the Zone, we marry sports and, and faith, and this is the perfect guy to talk a little bit about this. And we'll we'll ask him for his testimony in, in segment two. I, I want him to know when he comes to Milwaukee and they're playing the Brewers, if he, he wants to be come out and, and get in the batter's box against him. You know, I've watched him pitch. I think I can take him deep a little bit. Daniel, man, old guy talking smack. I couldn't I couldn't even see your stuff, to be honest with you. Hey, Daniel, where did you grow up? Where did you go to high school? Things like that. Uh, I grew up in La Mirada, California. It's, it's, uh, it's the border city of L.A. County and Orange County. So uh, we're pretty far south on the L.A. County side. And um, I went to La Mirada High School. I grew up playing basketball, football, and baseball. And uh, actually, football was my uh, passion of a sport. And... Uh, not until college, you could say, is when I really started taking baseball seriously. Hey, what? Uh, so, 36 years I coached basketball. So, of course, I'm going to lead with a basketball question. What position did you play in basketball? Uh, like a like a three, sometimes four. You know, I was never really big enough. I wasn't very good. Uh, I played my freshman, sophomore, junior year, and then senior year. I I cut it down to football and baseball. It just you know, you could kind of see the writing on the wall, like. Just not that good basketball. What uh, what'd you play in football? I was a quarterback there, and uh, yeah. we won CIS championship, which is uh, the California's way of like making championships. So it was like a D seven championship, but nonetheless, we won it for our school size. Hey Daniel, as a basketball coach, I I was a, a guy that really liked multi sport athletes because I always thought if you had enough guts and courage on the one yard line. You know, you're down four with three seconds to go, and 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 you're able to get the ball in the end zone. You're you're certainly able to hit a free throw for me, and <laughs> and if you're able to you know get up on the mound and 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 pitch and 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 hit in clutch situations, you certainly can hit a free throw for me. And so I really liked multi-sport athletes. Uh, growing up, did you know like did you play with a lot of the kids in the neighborhood, kids in your area? Because I think you know the youth sports scene has really changed a little bit since then or or maybe not i know here in milwaukee baseball has really taken off as far as being able to get on travel teams and things like that i don't know the state of california was that a big deal when you were a kid um as a kid travel sports were very big and uh but i never played them i always played you know the basic uh city sports so you know little league pop warner and uh whatever the basketball or AYSO or something. Yeah. So I forget what it was called, but, um, you know, I just played the basic stuff. Well, there was one year, I want to say my seventh or eighth grade, uh, year, my dad wanted me to play some travel ball. And that was during football season. And, uh, I absolutely hated it. And I told my dad, I want to quit baseball because I was, I just didn't love it. You know, it was too cold to play baseball and I wanted to play football. So he's like, you know what? All right, well, we won't, we won't, uh, we won't do travel ball, so we cut that out and just stuck to, you know, the sports and their seasons, and that was a lot better for me. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is I, I used to do a, the Midwest Orthopedic Sports Medicine show um, here, Daniel, and these guys would tell me that they see guys that play uh, that are just single-sport athletes or girls. If they're swimmers, they see, you know, girls and, and guys that have shoulder problems, baseball pitchers and catchers. said, so, you know, catchers throw on every, every – um, pitch as well and they said we we see a lot of even high school age kids that have problems with their shoulders their knees if they just are a single sport athlete volleyball players huge 
But those multi-sport athletes, they said, man, we never see these guys or girls. If they're playing multiple sports, they're using different parts of their body, and, and we very seldom you know, see them maybe until they get older. So that was really obviously pretty smart. Was it, was it hard for you then? Because I, I know that uh, uh, being recruited by colleges, you, you had a chance. In fact, you, you went to the University of Arizona and you went to a couple of colleges. Were you recruited heavily as a baseball player? Not, not necessarily till the end. Um, you know, there was, uh, I never even went to showcases besides one. I didn't even know what they were. My coach, my high school coach told me, hey, we got something for you uh, to go. You just go there and throw as hard as you can. I said, all right, that's fine. So, you know, I show up to one showcase and just rear back. And uh, from that point on, that's where scouts and um, colleges that ended up seeing me because I was just was able to throw hard, I guess. What? I didn't really think much of it. And, uh, you know, I would get those uh, those those questionnaires to fill out for the scouts and stuff. But I didn't, I didn't really take it seriously because I didn't understand it, really. You know, it's it's funny because you went to four colleges, you were drafted four times, and I don't know if I've – and we've had a lot of guys on Faith in the Zone, a lot of baseball guys. Not sure I've ever talked to somebody that was drafted four times and went to four different colleges. Can you talk a little bit about the change um, and, and and why you left Arizona, uh, ended up uh, at, at Houston your junior year, and then Embry-Riddle uh, University your senior year? Yeah, I'll try to give you the quick rundown. So, sure. uh, you know, my junior year, Arizona ended up – my junior year in high school, Arizona ended up uh, offering the scholarship. And we were thinking, you know, that was that was the best thing ever. Um, you know, they told us everything we wanted to hear. Uh, that summer I ended up getting drafted by the Tampa Bay Rays. So uh, I started going to, like, little uh, – bullpen sessions for them because they wanted me to clean my arm actually but they, I eventually did not sign with Tampa Bay so I go to Arizona and the coach just does not love it at all so the first bullpen I'm getting yelled at you know and from that point on I'm, I'm a March man and no one really wants to be around me oh. and for the rest of the year just don't really play I pitched three three innings my entire freshman season wasted my freshman year didn't even get a red shirt or anything of the sort and then um you know, they at the end of the year meeting, they tell me, yeah, we want you to come back and be our one of our weekend guys. We, we got a lot of hope in you. So I said, okay, that's fine. I go back to California to play some summer ball, and halfway through summer, Arizona calls, tells me, we're not re- we're not renewing your scholarship. Uh, if you want to come back, you have to pay for it yourself. So I said, nope, see you later. And uh, I'll never forget that moment. That was like the first downfall, like first heartache of my life. And I remember just turning screaming in a pillow. And then um, the next day, you know, I'm getting a bunch of calls from D2s, junior colleges, and eventually I ended up going to Cypress Junior College in Southern California because I'm able to live at home. Have a solid season there. Uh, the scouts asked me to draft me, and I just told them, you know, uh, I, I gave them a high number. No one was biting, and eventually the Reds drafted me in the 30th round just in case, but I told them no. So I had a scholarship to University of Houston. So then I go to University of Houston, and their weekend – uh, starting positions are wide open, and I ended up being the Friday night guy. And uh, the Cubs ended up drafting me that year. And uh, this is was like they gave me the the deal I wanted, so I, I agreed to terms. And I go to their spring training facility in Mesa, Arizona. And there, I ended up failing a physical for ulnar nerve problems, which I did not even know I had. I didn't miss any time that baseball season, nothing of the sort. So it was out of the blue for me. So I try to go back to University of Houston, but the compliance often at Houston tells the NCAA that I agreed to terms. And after a long semester, long battle with oh. NCAA, I ended up losing it 
and that was in December. So I had less than a month to either sign as a free agent in pro ball or, or consider going to another school. And little did I know the NAI has completely separate roles. So I go the NAI route and, uh, my pitching coach at Houston knew the pitching coach at Embry Riddle, so I ended up going there, and Man. that's where the Cardinals drafted me. Man, thank goodness that he knew that guy, and and what a what a journey! You've seen a lot of the country, just uh, you know, from Arizona to to Houston, and I, I love that. And that had to be really difficult. You had to grow up fairly quickly, I would think, with with that kind of disappointment. Yeah, um, it was a journey, and. Uh, you, get humbled here and there at the, at the same time you know I got a lot of friends that I made along the way and I each each college I was able to 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 grab something to learn something so I uh actually am grateful for that hey I, I, how would you like to be the uh the coach at Arizona who made that call to you and said hey we're, we're not going to uh you want to come it's going to be on your dime and now you're in the starting rotation with the, with the St. Louis Cardinals and you know, he, he turns the TV on and, and you know, he's got to be able to say to some people sitting around him, hey, you know what, I had that kid. When he was a freshman in college, I had him. And they're going to have to ask, okay, hey, what, what, really, did he stay? No, he ended up leaving. I'm not quite sure why, I'm sure is what, what he would say. We're talking to Daniel Ponce de Leon, St. Louis Cardinal pitcher. Daniel, when you were in high school, if, the, if I would have called you and said, hey, you're going to be an author, you're going to write a book one day, what would you have told me? I would have just laughed. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm telling you, I, I read part of this book. Name of the book, One Line Drive, Life-Threatening Injury and a Faith-Filled Comeback. I was watching uh, some clips from Major uh, League, uh, MLB Network, and Dan Plesak, former Milwaukee Brewer, asked Daniel, hey, after that line drive, uh, was there ever a thought that that line drive, it might be uh, the end of your career? Daniel said, no, never. just brought me closer to God. No follow-up question. They just moved on, and and I thought, man, what a brilliant answer that was. Hey, Daniel, when uh, when that happened, and and I can tell you that again, I've I've watched it one time, and I can't watch it again. May 2017. How much memory do you have of that day? And and I can tell you that you know, listening to, to you and and reading some of that, I, I thank God for Scott who was the guy that was the, the, the trainer, and, and he came on, on, on the scene and completely took over at that point. And uh, in your book, you said, man, thank God he was there. Yes, definitely. Uh, Scott is also a Christian man as well. But, um, yeah, I, I remember uh, most of that day up until the hospital, you know, remember throwing the pitch, seeing the seams, or throwing the pitch, the line drive coming back at me, seeing the seams on the ball spin. Uh, the ball hit me in the side of the temple. Probably was knocked out for a few seconds there. And then, um, you know, I remember laying there and the catcher and the trainer and everyone else surrounding me. And uh, my trainer, Scott, asked me questions. I was able to answer them correctly. But the way I was answering them, he just didn't like it. So he calls over the stretcher. And in my head, I'm thinking, why are we doing this? And they strapped me down. So I'm thinking, like, my neck is not broken. Why are we doing this? And, um, you know, they take me out to the ambulance, and I was still fine. And then once I got in the ambulance, that's when I started feeling a little worse. And then I get into the hospitals. I end up throwing on some nurses and um, felt bad for that, too. But uh, I was strapped down. I had yeah. nowhere to go with it. And then uh, the last memory pretty much is me getting my head shaved. And, oh. then, and then the next memory is me talking to my dad in the hospital bed. And we're we're going to talk about uh, Ramon. Is that his name, Ramon? 
correct? Yeah, Ramon. Yeah, he, a longshoreman and works overnight shift as a crane operator, upload, uh, uploading barges, port of Long Beach. And, and I have to tell you, um, I, I got goosebumps right now because this part of this book is it was just really for me. And I don't look. Daniel, I used to be this tough Irishman. I'm 100% Irish. That, you know, you could I, – I, I never cried. Now maybe as an old grandfather of four grandsons. But th- that part of your dad's story, and he is the one that – and, and I'm, I guess getting ahead of myself, the one that brought Daniel to the Lord um, and, and introduced uh, Jesus to, to, to his son. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that part of Daniel's life and then talk about his dad that day that he got hit – um, with this line drive right off his temple and, and, and some of the things that happened after. And he talks, Daniel talks about, look, that line drive was a miracle because that it, it was something that certainly brought me closer um, to God and in and, and my faith. And we're going to talk a lot about that uh, throughout the rest of the show. I mean, we're so blessed to have him on. He is Daniel Ponce de Leon, again, pitcher of the St. Louis Cardinals and author of One Line Drive. And you can go to onelinedrive.com. And, and take a look at where you can purchase that book. It's on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, shoptheword.com, christianbook.com. And uh, we'll continue our conversation with Daniel on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I am Mike McGivern, our special guest. He is Daniel Ponce de Leon. He's a pitcher with the St. Louis Cardinals, and he's, he's an author. The name of the book is One Line Drive. And uh, a life-threatening injury and a faith-filled comeback. If you don't do not know his story, if you're not a big baseball guy or don't know his story, do yourself a favor and, and Google Daniel Ponce de Leon. And I can tell you that it's it's an impressive comeback. I look, I pitched in softball leagues where guys would hit line shots up my way, and I thought, man, I don't want to do this anymore. This man, with with his faith and and everything that that he had to do to get back. On the mound, he is uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals organization. I think he's. I don't know, what what day are you going to start? Do, you, do they have that down yet? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm uh, the fourth game, I believe, which is uh, the first game in Miami for us. Man, that's awesome. Well, congratulations on uh, certainly on that. Hey, Dan, before we ask you for your testimony, and I think this wraps right into it, but we we ended last segment talking about your father, uh, Ramon, and and. Reading this, when when he normally would would watch your game, and he thought it was a night game, and and he works some tough hours, and and he was sleeping and and woke up because his phone was ringing, and he just uh, man, he just went into action at that point. 
You know, his dad said, look, at that point, I just started praying. 15 minutes later, they called me back and said they had to go in and they had to go in and operate. Doctor gave me the lowdown and on what was about to happen. He asked me if I'd give them permission to do surgery. And I, I can tell you that that was the part for me as a father, and I'm sure for you, all of a sudden they're calling and you're, you know, you're a four-hour flight away and they're asking you for permission to to do an operation on your son and on his head. And I, I'm sure that he, uh, the conversation that you must have had the first time you had with him must have been extremely emotional. You know, well, for myself, um you know, I didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> I was laying in the bed, and, uh, you know, my dad, he's in uh, in the hospital. My dad was also taking the night shift as well. You know, he'd be there out through the night. And then uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, she'd be there during the day. And uh, so somewhere at nighttime, you know, I look over, and I see my dad sitting in the chair. And uh, I forget, we just start talking like normal. And then he goes, yeah, you had surgery. And I was like, what? When did that happen, you know? He goes, yeah, feel your head. So then, you know, I feel my head, and there's a pressure monitor and uh, and a uh, um, drain coming out of my head. I was like, oh, my gosh, and then what happened? And then he gave me the whole rundown. Oh, man. You know, the other guy that I got to say thank you to is your brother-in-law, who, you know, you talk about in the book. He took charge, booked the plane, made the arrangements for my dad to leave immediately. And and I'm sure at that point, if I'm your dad, I – I don't know which way is up, right? I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to get to my son. And uh, your brother-in-law took over and, and said, okay, I got you. I'll, I'll get you over there. And I think that was uh, that was cool for, for him to be able to do that. Hey, Daniel, second segment on Faith in the Zone, we normally ask uh, our guests to share their testimony. And reading parts of the book, I know that your dad had introduced you and, and, and talked to you and, and brought you kind of into the Christian faith. And like all of us, you know, you kind of you get away from it a little bit at times. But he certainly was very important to that journey for you. Yeah, uh, he's definitely important. That uh, you know, he, me and him were we go. To, I remember going to church with him, you know, on the weekends and well, as a kid growing up. And you know, yeah, I would never go in the kids' room. You know, I would always go in there in the big room with him and try to try to grasp what was going on. But um, uh, yeah, I mean that. That um, I'm sorry. No, that's that, right. Um, what was the question? That that he was certainly a big part of of the early journey of your walk. Yeah, and he still is part of my journey still now. But um, yeah, he he's the one who introduced me and definitely uh, showed me how to understand the Bible. He is Daniel. He is Daniel Ponce de Leon, St. Louis Cardinal pitcher, and again. We're talking about his his journey back to the major leagues, but more about his his faith journey, and and how this this one line drive, and it was a one line drive that that hit him in the head on May seventeenth, and what that has meant to his walk and and how it, it really has changed his entire outlook. I think on on his faith, he's he's a Bible uh, reader every single day. And uh, I think it's just part of his routine now at this point. But that line drive where most people would think, you know, it had been the worst thing that's ever happened, he has turned that around. And he has said, look, because of that line drive, let me get on, on the platform that the Lord has given me and talk a little bit about that part of, of my life. Daniel, as you started to, to, to get better in the hospital, 
Was there a certain moment where you said, hey, look, I, Lord, I, I'm back. I, I need you in my life, and, and, and I'm going to talk to people about this part of my life? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I didn't really want to talk about it at first, but the first thing was uh, when, I, when, when my, me and my dad had that conversation, I asked him to come right over and pray over me. And since uh, he was my spiritual leader in my life, you know, I had him come over. And I had him lay over across me and pray over me. And uh, after that, I felt I felt that peace that I was looking for. Daniel, if I was talking to your dad, if he was here in studio with me, and uh, and we went to a break, and I and I said, "Hey, you know what? What did that mean to you?" I, I look, I got tears flowing down my face right now because that how important that was to him to be able to say you know what, son, of course, I, I will pray for you. And, and, you know, as fathers, we pray for our kids all the time, but to be able to be that up close and personal in such a, a difficult time, man, good, you know what, that was, that's awesome that, that that's who you turn to and you call him your, 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 basically your faith leader. I think that's really, really important. We've had uh, Tony Dungy on this show, and he's written a bunch of books, Daniel, about uh, utilizing the platform that the Lord has given us. And whether you're a guy that works at you know at a car wash or McDonald's or Burger King, or you're a pitcher in the rotation of the St. Louis Cardinals, you know let's utilize that platform that that the Lord's given us, and and you certainly are doing this. Did you when when you were before this line drive, Daniel? Would you have told people that you that you're a Christian? Yeah, I would have told them I was a Christian, but if I told them that, um, you know, it'd be I'd be a pretty much a liar, hypocrite. I would say. Um, I call myself one of those lukewarm ones, something Jesus talks about in Revelation that uh, that I'm scared of. But uh, you know, just yeah, I, I had the faith, had the background. I said Jesus Christ, but that didn't live that way. Hey, you know, it's it's on this show. We we again, we've had a lot of baseball guys on Daniel and minor league baseball. Man, that that, that that's a tough place to be if you're a Christian with the amount of temptation that that is on the road and all the things that come with minor league baseball. Did you find that as well to be a difficult place for you? Um, Faith-wise, not so much. It's just, uh, it's just an afterthought, really. You know, it's, you're just busy and grinding the whole time. You get back, you know, yeah, I don't feel like reading or I don't feel like, you know, you don't really invest in your spiritual life. You don't think it makes a difference. Did, 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 are you involved in baseball chapel? Yes, and I would I would go to the baseball chapels every uh, every Sunday. Yeah, that, you know that was that's been a big part with with faith in the zone, and and we've had a number of guys that have been on with with baseball chapel, and then there's a guy named Tom Roy who pitched for the San Francisco Giants years ago. He's a Wisconsin guy, and he started a company called UPI, which is Unlimited Potential in Christ. Yeah, yeah, he, this is. Uh, Man, Tom has become a really good friend, and he is—he uh, has helped us with guests. And when he comes through Milwaukee, he's still a—he's still a Green Bay Packers season ticket holder, though he lives in Indiana. And so he'll drive the Lambeau Field whenever, whenever he can. And he's been very helpful. And it's interesting—the baseball chapel has been a big part of of some of the guys' lives that that we have had on this show. Uh, we had uh, AJ Ellis on, who's a catcher with the Dodgers at that point. And uh, he was talking about, you know, we'd go to chapel and, and uh, he got up and Clayton Kershaw was pitching. He was catching and the catcher for the Giants got up and who was in baseball chapel. And he started talking about what they were talking about in baseball chapel. He said, hey, 
you know, the book of Ephesians, we were talking about this. What did you think of that? And he took time. He said, hey, man, I can't talk to you about that right now. He said, I'm facing Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> and he got back in the in the batter's box. He said, man, I just thought putting the full body of armor on, that was really interesting. And he was like, time out. You can't do this, man. I'm not talking to you about this. And I thought that's the way Christians talk smack, you know, the, 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 yeah. the catch it behind the dish. Hey, when, when you were in college, um, were there a lot of uh, faith-believing guys, or was it kind of everybody on their own at that point in the four schools that you went to? There, there was always, you know, the group of faith-believing guys. Um, um, you know, I remember in Arizona, these, these Christian guys came up and, like, they would come up and talk to me, hey, do you think, do you think uh, God wants you to play baseball? I was like, I don't know. And then they're like, what happens if you have something else for you? So I said, I don't know. And, uh, you know, and you meet different people throughout, but um, I would say they're all kind of similar faith level as me at that time. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting because college campus is the other one that I think guys talk about how difficult it is. Hey, before we get to a break, um, I, you talked about Jen as your girlfriend when, when this happened um, in May of 2017 when you got hit by that line drive. Um, where did you guys meet? And, and I can tell you that on this show, we tell guys a lot that they have outkicked their coverage a little bit. And you know what, Daniel? You might uh, you might join our club a little bit. <laughs> um, well, I met Jen at um, Embry-Riddle. That was my fourth college, and that was Jen's third college. So we kind of were on the same journey there. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys uh, make an awfully good-looking couple. I have to tell you that. Is she? Uh, she got a strong faith about her as well. Thank you. And uh, yes, um, you know, for the longest time, she would battle me like, you don't. I, I would tell you, you have to read the Bible, and then she was like, no, you don't have to read the Bible. You just have to pray. And I said, no, you have. Well, that's one thing, but you have to read. That's God's word. How would you know what He's saying? And uh, finally, um, you know, uh, baseball holds these things called. Uh, um, PAO professional athletes outreach yep. and uh, every every off season you know we meet and thank thank God for that really um, you know because we break off into boys and girls or men and women uh, sections and the women told her what she needed to do and um, you know the next the next uh, week after that she's reading her Bible uh, you know that changed our lives man that's awesome I I've heard a lot about POA I, I have. It, and it is a organization that you guys do some really good things. And there's professional athletes and there's a lot of couple stuff. And, and uh, man, that's good. And I'm glad that she is, she is read that, that Bible. You know, it's funny because we've had on some guys, the worst thing they've ever done is steal a candy bar on this show. And then Pastor Daryl Strawberry and myself that did some things, you know, uh, throughout their life that they're just really embarrassed by, Daniel. And, uh, yeah. And, and if the Lord's willing to accept him and I, man, come on. I don't know what anybody's waiting for, I have to be honest with you. He is Daniel Ponce de Leon, pitcher of the St. Louis Cardinals and author. One Line Drive. It's a life-threatening injury and a faith-filled comeback. Go to onelinedrive.com, or you can pick up the book wherever you buy your books. I would highly recommend this book, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Shop the Word, ChristianBook.com. We'll uh, get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue with Daniel Ponce de Leon. Again, he is a pitcher with the St. Louis Cardinals. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. 
Here are your hosts, Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Kellner, only on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus When Moses had stage fright When David brought a rock to a sword fight Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The fan, I'm Mike McGivern, again flying solo this week. So lucky to have Daniel Ponce de Leon again. Picture of the St. Louis Cardinals. If you don't know his story, you're going to want to, uh, to Google it. And if you can watch that that day, if you can watch that pitch and, and that line shot that he took, I, I can't. May 17th, he was in AAA and one step away from the majors. And uh, he got hit right in the head. He had major brain surgery, and uh, boy, he spent three weeks in the ICU, and, and thank God for his father, who uh, he had talked about his father being his spiritual leader, and his father was at the, whole, at the uh, hospital when he kind of came out of it, and he prayed over Daniel, and I thank God for Ramon that he did that, and, and uh, everything is going pretty well for, for him now. Is there any lasting um, problems that you have with, with, uh, with everything that happened, Daniel? Surprisingly, no. Uh, you know, no no headaches. I never was a headache guy, still not. And, um, you know, I, the only really lasting thing is I got a dent on the side of my head, kind of. And uh, you could feel the plate, the five little plates that are holding the skull piece back on. Wow. Okay, no problem getting through airports or anything? No, it's, um, oh, man, it's, um, I forget the metal's name, but it doesn't, doesn't really beep when you walk through. Man, thank goodness for that. Hey, when uh, and I'm sure you've been asked this a hundred times, but when 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 you started feeling better, do you remember the first time you got back up on the mound and and not just pitching, but against somebody in the batter's box? Yeah, uh, I remember. Uh, mainly, I I did this just so I can check a box for the Cardinals and any other team because it was my rule five year for any anybody in baseball that understands that, but um. Um, there was these, uh, in September we had our guys heading out to Arizona for the fall league. Yep. And I, I requested that I face these guys before they head out, you know, so they're going to be pretty good prospects that we have. And, uh, you know, just to get ready, I threw a live BP against some of them. And, uh, I remember telling them like, Hey, can you guys, you know, swing, take this seriously. You know, this is, this is for me, you know? And no, no, no flashbacks, no issues with, with that at all. Oh no, not at all. You can, I mean, you, I'm on the mound. I'm in attack mode. If you're not in attack mode, you're going to get another line drive right back up the middle. No doubt. I I agree with that. Good for you. Hey, the first time back, and I think that was the interview that that I had referenced earlier when Dan Plesek, you, you had pitched seven no hit innings. Was that the first game back? Uh, no, that was my first start in the big leagues. In the first start in the big leagues, and that question that Plesek had for you was ever a thought about this is a career ender after that line drive and Daniel's answer no never just brought me closer to God and I just when I when I I just started clapping when I when I listened to that um getting getting to the major leagues can we talk a little bit about that because that was obviously been quite the journey um who did you pitch seven innings no hit ball against Cincinnati Reds man 
How good uh, that had to feel pretty good when when they came to you and said, "Look, we got to pull you out." I think you're over 100 pitches at that point. Um, no no issues with with coming out of a game, even even though you're throwing a no hitter. Uh, yeah, you know, I do. I did want to stay in there, but I'm I'm not going to argue with the head coach, especially on my first outing in the big leagues. So so be it. He, his call. He saw something, and fair enough. Hey, the other part of that interview um, that was asked was. Hey, did you uh, did you shake off your catcher at all that game? And I think you said twice. And look, you you're throwing to one of the best of all time. I think he, he I, I don't that catcher in St. Louis is one of the best of all time. I believe that. And you, and you said, yeah, I think I shook him off twice, but that was it. Um, what is it like to to be a younger guy in Major League Baseball with a with a catcher with the kind of reputation that Molina has? I, I've shaken him off twice in my whole career. In your whole career. <laughs> Yeah, the first game, I'm pretty sure I didn't shake him off uh, at all. But, um, yeah, throwing to Yadier Molina, he's, uh, you know, uh, I would call him a calming effect. You know, you know, he puts down the numbers most likely 99% of the time the right call. You know, I shook him off one time this spring, and I gave up a base hit. So, that goes to tell you that. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure that uh, that I'd, I'd want to shake him off either because he's been around he is uh see he seems to, he, to be honest with you Daniel, he seems about you know he looks the same that he did 10 years ago he hits the ball he never was a big time runner catchers normally aren't but boy he can still throw yeah um and he he looks better than he has the last couple of years this year um he's got a little extra something in him this year i'm impressed you know brewer fans we don't want to hear that we we do not want to hear that he's he's going to be better than than he was uh, a year ago because man I'll tell you what he uh, he has been a Brewer killer for for a long time. We were talking he is a pitcher with the St. Louis Cardinals, Daniel Ponce de Leon. Hey, is there is there a book that is your favorite in in, in the Bible? Is there a go to for you? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Um. During my dark time, not dark time, during, during any time I'm low, I resort to the Psalms. I don't know why. I, I'm a musical kind of guy, and uh, I love I love songs. And uh, so, like, I'll find Psalms, read them, and then I'll find a song that 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 is kind of written off of it, and it's, I love that. It's a calming effect for me. Um, Genesis is never a bad read either. It's got great stories in there if you just want to read a good story, you know? Yeah. My, you know, I've I've talked about the book of Ephesians. For me, that's that's the one uh, that I look. That try to put on the full body of armor every day. There's times that I fail before I get out of bed, Daniel. And you know that that for me is trying to be a better father and a better husband, um, a better friend, a better employee, and 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 trying to put on that full body of armor. That that's kind of my go-to one. But boy, I. I, I like them all. I we just got we just uh, I think we're starting Romans now, um, and we we've gone through a lot here at Brookside Baptist Church, and and it's interesting because uh, we've been open now for a while, and we're starting to get a, a lot of people back uh, to our church, and and people that you know we're going to stay home for a while, but they they've come back, and and it's good to be around people you know, that have similar beliefs that, that you have. And to be able to, to fellowship with, with them, I think, is, is, is phenomenal. We, we got done through the book of Revelation a couple of weeks ago, and there's a lot in that book that I, man, I'm not sure it's too far off. I got to be honest with you that he's coming I, back. I can't agree anymore. And uh, I've been kind of doing a little bit of end time study here and there myself. 
but uh, I'm also on my own, not my own, uh, John Christensen. Uh, he's, he goes to the PAO every year, and he's also Adam Wainwright something. Um, he he designed this read-through Bible in one year thing, so you read one New Testament, one Old Testament, and one Psalm or Proverb every day. And um, I, I think that's very helpful. So I finished the Bible last year, and uh, now we're on our second read-through this year. Man, good for you. Hey, um, and and I don't need to have names, but but uh, a lot of believers in in the locker room with with the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, we got we had a pretty big handful of guys. I would say we're one of the higher represented teams of Christian faith. Well, I'd love to hear that. I how do how am I going to dislike you guys now? You know, that's going to be hard for me. I've I've never been you know again with the, with the Brewers and the Cardinals. I always seem to. To, to go at it, that that's for sure. Hey, last question before before we get to a break. We had talked off the air that starting baseman for the Milwaukee Brewers coming up here uh, with opening day this week uh, is a former St. Louis Cardinal, and we talked to him, and he said, man, Colton Wong, he's a buddy of mine. He's a good guy. Yeah, Colton Wong and I, uh, we, we, we came actually real close last year. Um, good good person all around. I've always been friends with him, but uh, – uh, last year we came a little closer, me, him, and Dakota Hudson. Uh, we kind of had our little triangle friendship there. Well, I think the Milwaukee Brewer fans are going to really like him because he's, at least from from watching him from afar, he's the kind of guy that Milwaukee loves because he's going to play hard all the time. And, 100%. Yeah, he gets after it. Boy, defensively, that kid is unbelievable. Yeah, uh, you would you definitely want to want him on your team. You know, he goes after every ball with him. Like it's the last ball you'll ever go after, you know. Hey, you know what? I last question before we get to a break. When you get in the batter's box, have you did you hit a lot when 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 you were in college? Obviously, did, you guys don't get a chance to take much batting practice, and and are you comfortable when you get in the batter's box? Um, in college, never hit because they had DHs. And last last real season I had a hitting was my junior year halfway through my senior year in high school oh, they they canceled it so um previous to this year um getting in the batter's box was like oh I pray for a hit I mean I got one major league hit you know but um this year for some reason it's it's kind of clicking for me I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable in the box recognizing pitches and uh getting the Barrel to the ball has seemed a bit easier now. So I'm excited this year for it. Man, good for you. He is Daniel Ponce de Leon. We're going to get to a break. Got a short segment on the other side. I'm going to ask him two questions. I'm going to ask him about um, in his earlier days with minor league baseball, easier to walk worthy in the locker room or outside the locker room. And even in today's day, you know, with with the St. Louis Cardinals, sometimes it's difficult. And I'll ask him that. And then I'm going to ask him if, if, uh, if he could put all the uniforms he's ever worn. You know, which one would he put on, and who would he play for one more time? He's a pitcher with the St. Louis Cardinals. He's an author, one-line drive. And, again, if you don't know Daniel Ponce de Leon's story, I want you to look it up. May of 2017, he got hit by a line shot. The name of the book, again, one-line drive, a life-threatening injury, and a faith-filled comeback. And I love that part of it, that last part, the faith-filled comeback. And it's a wonderful book. And, again, I want to thank his his father, because uh, when you prayed over him, I think that that was a big calming effect on Daniel. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. 
only on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus well, Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The Fan, I'm Mike McGivern, again flying solo this week, Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Be able to get back in studio when uh, when we're able to open it up to uh, non-employees, and I'm hoping that is soon. Our special guest, he's a pitcher with the St. Louis Cardinals. He is Daniel Ponce de Leon, and he is an author. One Line Drive is the name of the book. You can go to onelinedrive.com or go wherever you purchase your books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, shoptheword.com, christianbook.com. It is available, and I would highly recommend you pick up this book. Daniel, we got a short amount of time here, our last segment. And one question I like to ask professional athletes, is it easier for you to walk worthy inside the locker room or outside the locker room? And where that question came from, Don Beebe used to play for the, the Green Bay Packers, and I asked that question. He said, for me personally, it was inside the locker room because I had Reggie White on one side of me and I had a number of other Christian brothers on the other side. But now the season's over and I'm outside the locker room and it was a little bit more difficult there because I didn't have people that were holding me accountable. And then there are other guys that say, no, it's, you know, for me, it's outside the locker room. And I'm wondering for you in your journey here, maybe the last couple of years, easier to walk worthy inside or outside? Um, for me, there's really no difference. Um, since, you know, I got this read plan and uh, I, I'm always accountable. I have a small group that uh, that we all share this reading plan right now. It's me, my wife, uh, one of my sisters from home, and my dad and his sister. So we got a nice little group of people that we're all reading together. So it doesn't matter if I'm inside or outside. I'm always in the Word. Man, that's a great answer. Thank you for that. Hey, you, do you have three children? Yes, I do. Hey, how hard is it, uh, uh, boys, girls, if I can ask? I have one one boy and two girls. Man, hard for 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 them. Do they understand that their dad, though he's gone, he's working, and and uh, they certainly know, you know that that I don't know how old they are, but they know what you do for a living. I would think. Um. Yeah, I think my my son kind of grasped. You know, for before COVID hit, he was able to run down a lot of them, hang out with us, and and stuff. But uh, right now, all they know is that dad is at baseball, and uh, anytime I face FaceTime my two year old daughter, she comes and goes, Dad, I come home. Oh, boy. I can't. She goes, Dad, I baseball? And I say, Yeah. <laughs> well, they get to hopefully watch you every once in a while, you know, every fourth start or fifth start where you get uh, get to get up on the on the mound. Hey, do you have any um, things that you do the day that, that you start that, that, uh, that you don't do except for that day? Um, no special music um, anything like that well yeah um, well it kind of depends you know like i do have like this playlist of christian songs that i love to do but sometimes like in the middle of the week if i'm to them low then i'll put those on you know in the middle of the week as well yeah in the middle of the rotation whatever um you know i'm not really a superstitious guy i don't have to hit different things at different times but um you know it's just kind of how i feel that day i guess yeah 
Well, that's good. We uh, my my wife's favorite band is the Casting Crowns, and uh, we that's for hard. Christmas I had uh, we we're going to go to Fort Myers and listen to and, and and catch them in concert, and then drive a little bit further. And 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 uh, my I have one brother in, in Sarasota, and one in Tarpon Springs. And uh, they just changed their they changed the concert to October, so we uh, we're still going to go down there. And my my brother Tim that lives in Tarpon Springs, Daniel, he is uh, he's sixty eight years old, still catching I don't know two three games a week. He's in a thirty five and over, forty five and over, fifty five and over. And those guys, wow. that, you know, they get up in the age they can't find guys that can catch. He's catching seven eight nine inning games. <laughs> I said, man, can you still throw guys out? He goes, yeah, I can throw these guys out. Like a guy over there is like 65. He can, I can one hop it and get those guys. So he is a big, my brother, Tim, big baseball, big Rays and Brewers fan. Hey, in the last couple of minutes, I, I like asking this question. Every team you ever played on from Little League, you know, to, to when you were six, seven years old, all the way to where you're at right now, if I took every uniform you've ever put on, put it in the closet and said you can pick one out, Put it back on and play one more game for that team, that school, whatever. What what uniform would you put on? That's a really hard question because I played for so many different teams. But um, I think the uniform I put on is my senior year in high school football team uniform. Awesome. Um, th- those those brothers will always be in my heart. Um, I mean, I could go home right now. I haven't seen them in years, and I'd give them hugs, and it'd be like we never missed a day, you know. But. Yeah. Is that was uh, that the year you won state, Daniel? That, uh, yeah, we won CIS that year. That was that was the one year without. I mean, we were all brothers, man, and uh, miss those guys. Man, there's something about football that you know you go to war with these guys, and yeah, uh, they exactly. understand it. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. You know, it is war pretty much. You know, you go out there, and uh, that was one. You know, you get the butterflies in your stomach before you get out there because of the uncertainty, but um. We were very well coached, and uh, and well, we moved as one unit. We were not the most athletic, and, but we were definitely the smartest team out there, and uh, we showed it that year. Did you? Uh, were you guys a team that threw the ball a lot? We were West Coast style, so it was probably split fifty fifty, pretty evenly. You know, run a lot of passes off play action, or you know, everything was mainly under center. And we were just out to like out schemed the team. How, last question, how many of those receivers on the high school team would get in the huddle and say, man, I'm wide open? you got to start looking for me. Uh, none. I always hit the wide open guy. Man, that, he is Daniel Ponce de Leon. That's a gr- He's given us some really good answers here today. Guys, i got to tell you, One Line Drive, and, and if you go to onelinedrive.com, you get to read uh, the first two paragraphs of this book. If you read those first two and you don't go ahead to go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and shop the word and buy the book, I'd be really surprised because it's a life-threatening injury and a faith-filled comeback. And this young man, I, I'm i going to be rooting for him every time he's on the mound, except when he's playing the Brewers, I'm going to root for him and I'm going to watch him. And And if there's anything that he ever needs when he's here, here in Milwaukee, um, he could certainly give me a call and I would I would run it over to him. I'm a huge fan. Daniel, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you having me on here. It was a good time. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, good luck this season, and uh, looking forward to having you come to Milwaukee. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 AM and 8 PM. 
To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip on a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. When Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders, nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story is everybody's got a Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.